Joy 94.9 Breakfast with the Murphys. Anna Murphy. Yes. The Stroke Foundation has been funded by the National Disability Insurance Agency to develop and deliver information for young stroke survivors, their partners, families, carers, friends, service providers and employers. And uh, on the phone this morning, we are very lucky to have uh, with us Kim Beasley and daughter Emma. Now, Emma actually is a stroke uh, survivor. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. How are you both? Good morning. Good, thanks. Hey, this is a this is an a, this is an amazing project that, that's uh, been launched. Can you tell us a little bit about it? It's um, an initiative to try and uh, spread awareness of um, stroke and the fact that it does happen to young people. It also um, is a big drain on resources financially uh, because obviously young people are work in the workforce, and a stroke has affected them quite severely. Um, many can't work again, so obviously they are needing resources from the NDIS and, and whatever, um, as well as the fact that they can't earn. So it is quite um, a su- terribly surprising statistic, and it's increasing among young people. Is there any um, evidence why it's um, increasing amongst young people? I mean, Emma, you were just 30, were you 30 when this happened? 33. 33, yeah. so, so young, and... It's on the rise. Is there any studies that show why this is happening more often with young people? There was a study released by the Stroke Foundation um, towards the end of last year. Um, I don't know for sure if there has been any conclusion as to why it's increased. Okay. Um, Such a life-changing event. And when you found yourself in this position, obviously there's the shock and everything that you've got to deal with, but also the experience that you found all the resources that are aimed at people who are retired or in their later life. That must have been just incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating for me as a stroke survivor, but it, it was frustrating for my parents, my sister, even my grandparents and, and friends and family. Yeah, I, I was um, really shocked for them. Emma, can I just ask, so 33 and you were, you were a lawyer at the time, are you getting back into um, it? Um, so I'm, I'm working permanent part-time now. Yep. Um, unfortunately, Emma has not just her physical disabilities from her stroke, which is right side paralysis, so she can't use her right arm or hand. She has difficulty walking without um, some assistance. But she also has an invisible disability as a result of her stroke, which is aphasia. Okay, now and can you tell us about aphasia? Yeah, aphasia. Because this is this is uh, like yes, every, everybody's assuming that it's a, an intellectual issue, but it's it's actually more about language, isn't it? Yeah, yeah aphasia is um, a loss of language in all of its forms, and it's different for every person. It can be. Um, it, it affects your communication. So it affects your ability to process information quickly. It can also affect your speaking. Emma had to learn to speak again and associate the right words. If you can imagine that in the, her brain there were words that she um, had to identify um, with, with an object and it was like unlocking those filing cabinets. Um, some people have trouble reading. Emma has a bit of trouble reading and comprehending and and processing language. So it's expressive and receptive language and it's 
it is really, really difficult. And for a long time, she was locked in her brain with words that she couldn't get out. Um, but it isn't a loss of intellect. It's just a loss of language. So your intellect is there, but you can't unlock the words. Oh, wow. So how so long? How long was it before uh, Emma that you got this diagnosis of aphasia? And how important was it to you when you finally got that? As a that's what's that's what this is. Now we can understand. Well, it was tw- uh, twelve months before wow. I realised that I had the aphasia. She knew she had a language problem, but she didn't realise there was a name for it and didn't realise it was permanent and didn't know how to address it and improve on it. And um, just knowing that she wasn't... um, going crazy was important to her. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, remar- it's, a cra- it's unbelievable how uh, hard this must be because uh, I've got friends of mine who are lawyers and the process of them becoming lawyers is so intense that, that you know, to get your degree is, is really hard and to be in a position where you're now practicing uh, the law and, and doing all that kind of stuff, to all of a sudden not be able to communicate, that must have been so hard, so frustrating. It affected her mental health quite a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can understand it would. And not only that, obviously for the family, Kim, all of a sudden you've gone from this you know, normal existence to having a stroke survivor in the family. Your world's been turned upside down. And was there enough help and support? Um, it was a while before we found the support we needed and we had to go actively searching for it. Um, it... It was did turn our world upside down, and it made me almost feel guilty for it not happening to me and happening to her. You know, I wanted to swap places with her because she still had her life ahead of her, and I was older and had done a lot. Um, but yeah, you really need to actively search for help, um, find the organisations that can help you. The Stroke Foundation, the Australian Aphasia Association. Do some research, find a community group if you can. And once you get those contacts, and it can take a while, up to 18 months to two years, um, once you've got those contacts, it makes a big difference because you just don't feel alone anymore. Am I right in thinking that you met a a group of people who uh, have aphasia and their support of their carers and that made all the difference? Oh, it made... So much difference. Um, I'm now the president of the Maitland Aphasia Communication Group. Of course you are. And (laughs) and some of my aphasia friends and I um, have a coffee afterwards. And, yeah, it's really good. It's amazing that this has come, some good has come out of all this. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, I actually listened last night. You're on a podcast, which is the youngstrokeproject.org.au forward slash youngstrokepodcast. Uh, it's amazing. What you share on that is so raw, so uh, informative. And um, are you finding that you're going to be doing a lot more of that stuff? Because I feel like someone who's gone through it like you have needs to really share this experience. Yeah, I think I think she will. Yes. Um, yeah, I will. Just finding um, the opportunity to, to balance everything out. But, um, yeah, finding a group of friends who understood her, who had the same issue, was so important because your friendship base does drop away right. when you can't communicate with them um, and it makes it hard. Mm. Um, you know, uh, 
and we she had also had to move to a new area so she didn't have friends close by um, only family so yeah it it can be really stressful and and very um, hard to cope well I think you've done an amazing job and thank you for sharing your story with us this morning Emma thank you so much and uh, you, you, you sound fantastic by the yes. way you sound great oh, well. Like my poppy said, keep on keeping on, like one day at a time. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's it's all a you great do. attitude. And you're, it's a really good story to share. So thank you for sharing because there'll be other people out there who are experiencing the same things and they will not feel alone. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for thank your time you. on Joy 94.9.